This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, a little different today. Good to see all of you today. Amen. I know Pastor Sandy uh, touched on. We're just believing this. You are a protected and you are a provided for people. And that's a precious, precious thing, isn't it? Look around. You know, uh, uh, your friends and family, those uh, um, that are around you, pray for you. They pray for you daily. Samuel said this, uh, God forbid that I would sin against you or miss the mark or do wrong towards you by, not, by failing to pray for you. So we pray one for another, don't we, each and every uh, day. And we're thankful for, um, <coughs> excuse me, that Jesus is always praying for us and prayer makes all the difference. It makes power. The Bible says mighty power available uh, to us. God's power, God's goodness, God's grace, God's miracle mercy. Psalms 107 talks about people that were in all different kinds of trouble. You know in this life we have trouble, don't we? There's trouble sometimes in this life. Jesus promised that. He didn't promise. He said you can have a carefree life. You can have a fear-free life, but you're not going to have a trouble-free life. In this world, you will have trouble, he said, but don't be afraid. Uh, Don't be worried. I've overcome uh, this world. Amen. And Psalms 107 is full of examples of where uh, people were in trouble. All different kinds of trouble. There are a lot of different kinds of trouble in this life, isn't it? Uh, Some from the devil, some of our own making, some of us, we're in it with the devil together. However, aren't you glad that God is greater uh, than uh, his loving kindness is greater than life, the Bible says. That's one of my favorite. There's an old song that says, Your loving kindness is greater than life. Your loving kindness is greater than life. My soul will bless you. Amen. I don't know the rest of it. I'm not that good at singing or songs, but I enjoy them. <laughs> what parts that do come to me at different times. But the message, it's not the melody so much, but the message is that God's loving kindness. Well, in Psalms 107, the, the, it, it describes the trouble. And then in the Passion Bible, it uses this phrase, thank God for his miracle mercy. You know, mercy is such a miracle, isn't it? Just the kindness of God. Jesus is kind. We need to be more like Jesus. Just be kind. You know, people are in trouble. Don't, you know, uh, the disciples one time, and we're going to get into the message here, but I feel that I need to share this with you. One time, there was a bland that was blind. And so, you know, uh, we always want to put blame on someone or something. They say, well, what? who sinned here? You know, uh, this is wrong, so somebody did something wrong. Where can we put the pin the wrong on there? And they said, was it him or was it his parents? If he's born blind, it might have been his parents' fault. You know, uh, maybe it was his fault. But Jesus said, neither one. This is for the glory of God. You think about that. The trouble that you face sometimes, the situations, the circumstances that we're in that turn out wrong. The Jesus perspective is a little different than ours. He said, don't worry about putting blame on it. We can trace it all the way back to the troublemaker. We can trace it all the way, directly or indirectly. It came from uh, anything wrong in this world. came from the devil. Just read the account back there in Genesis. He said, however, we're going to turn this for good. And to do that, we have to see this as this is for the glory of God. You know, say this with me. Say, my story story. (laughs) is for 
his glory. Oh, that makes life different, doesn't it? Nothing's wasted, even the troubles. Well, let's get into the uh, word of God uh, today. Uh, I've thought about a lot of different titles uh, for this. Uh, We could call this Connecting the Dots. Um, Maybe we'll just do that. God loves to connect the dots in our life. You know, when, when for us it's just an event, it's just a happening, it's just one day, maybe just another day, work a day, everyday life kind of a day. Uh, with the troubles that are sufficient for the day. Uh, but for God it's more than that. And it can be more than that from, uh, uh, from, uh, for us. When we look at it from God's side versus just from this side. See, on our best day, even looking up, we still see life upside down. But if you hang out with Jesus, he'll show you life right side up. Amen. Anybody ever had any regrets in life? (laughs) I'm thinking, you know, Lord, uh, I'm 62 years old. You know, and according to the world's uh, standard, you know, uh, I'm supposed to be in the decline. And trust me, with everything that I that 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 I believe that you want me to do, God, you know, uh, the the hopes and dreams that are in my heart are way bigger than than me. They're just way bigger. I feel like that there's still a lot of life left to live. <clears throat> And so I was telling the Lord, I don't know if I was telling the Lord that. He knows your heart. You know about Jesus, funny. He knows what you're thinking. And so I'm riding, you know, doing chores early this morning, praying, spending time with the Lord, trying to, you know, uh, uh, that's my Sunday morning routine. And, um, you know, that wasn't really what I was praying about, but it was something that I was uh, consternating over. I'm 62. Uh, I've got all this left to do that I want to do big things you know not not you know huge compared with what other people uh, have to do there's always somebody that has greater there's always somebody that has lesser but God's called us to do what he's called us to do and that we want to do with him and for him true so anyway back to 62 I said (laughs) he said well you know you're all you're just middle-aged uh, he said, he said uh, I, I don't consider you, you to be in your greatly increased latter end until you're 80. That's the last third. So you're technically just in the middle 40 years. Your first 40 years, then your second 40 years, from 40 to 60. Uh, I mean from 40 to 80. And then 80 to 120. Well, kind of, kind of made me, I don't know how it made me feel. I, it was like, yeah, I think that's true if I look at it like that. So my middle-aged self is going to, I don't know, maybe it was because I looked in the mirror and all my hair had turned gray. But you know, the, <laughs> why are you talking like this, Pastor? Maybe somebody it could be helped. If you're hurting over certain things, you know. <laughs> I see some people, you know, they're my age and they got a gray hair in their head. But, you know, the Bible says that uh, uh, actually white hair, I'm not quite there yet. Uh, mine are still gray, thank God. Uh, perhaps by the time when I get to 80, I'll turn just, you know, wonderful white. And the Bible says that is a crowning glory to be white haired. Amen. I'm still a gray beard. Uh, David said that I, I, I've been young now I'm a gray beard but I've never seen never ever seen the righteous forsaken amen them or their children well that was free are you ready for the rest of it uh, <laughs> just a little talk with Jesus uh, tell him all your troubles I've told you mine hold yours till later you know what I'm saying <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. All right. Um, Connecting the dots. You know, um, 
when you get in the right place at the right time, it's for right to happen. It can happen. Right place at the right time. Ruth chapter 2. And we see uh, we're journeying with Naomi and with uh, Ruth and we find that they had left behind the wrong place and the wrong things, that uh, the wrong happenings. And now they're in God's place. How do we know it's God's place? It's the place where he's blessing his people. Now he's good to all, see. Uh, but we place ourselves within his realm of blessing as we listen obediently, live reverently, and, and listen obediently, and wholeheartedly try to do what God asks us to do, wants us to do, places us within the blessing. And so Ruth and uh, Naomi and Ruth had heard that God was visiting, blessing his people, that there was life happening uh, where there was a famine before. There was new life, new things, good things, blessings from God. And we can see here, uh, we read down in chapter uh, 2 last week, we came down to the place where, uh, where Ruth and Naomi were in the place of blessing. And... It was God's place for them. And we see that God is connecting the dots. You know what the dots are? There are desires, hopes and dreams that God has for you that he so kindly, graciously places those things in our heart. He puts his want to in, in your heart. And it, in big general terms, people want to be happy. People want unfailing love. People want and need to be treated respectfully and kindly and graciously. Well, that's what that's God. God is all of those things. That's the character of God, the person uh, of God. People want to know, is there a God? People want to know why and what and when and how. And who for their lives? People want to be able to say the dream is true and it came true. Well, here's some dots for you. He starts with desire, hopes and dreams and then there's decisions based on that. Desires, decisions, the dot of desires, the dot of decisions, the dot of directions, the dot of destinations, that all come to the full picture of a destiny. You ever seen those pictures where you connect the dots? Isn't that right? Well, that's just for school children. Well, as a child of God, I love going to school with God. Because he's always sometimes surprising us, isn't he? Uh, sometimes the day just seems like another day. And so um, we see that God is connecting the dots for her, for Ruth. And remember, she's just seeing the dot. She's not seeing the whole picture. We have the, we have the, the benefit of the rest of the story, but she didn't. God has the benefit. Why is God so calm, cool, and collected when everything's falling to pieces? When there's so much trouble. When there's so much chaos and all of that uh, in the world, you know. And I'm just having trouble getting the farm gate open and he's ruling the nations. <laughs> I, I'm looking around, I got more to do than I, uh, than, I, than I can right at the front gate. And God says, yeah, but I'm taking care of the nations. Don't you fret over that, I'm all right. Why? Because he sees the rest of the story. He is the rest of the story. He sees the end from the beginning, and he may only call one little dot, you know, your end. He may just say, all right, that desire, make a decision. Because what you really want, see, is not another helping of Nana Puddin. What you really, <laughs> what you really want, see, is a satisfaction and a fulfillment that can only come from me and a comfort that can only come from me. 
Are you listening? Pastor, are you saying that, this, that in the South that it ain't food if it ain't fried is wrong? No. Uh-uh. Whose idea was fried chicken? Colonel saying, no, God. <laughs> Don't touch the holy bird. You know what I'm saying. God got it, don't he? God is it, isn't he? Is God God? Is God good? Good God Almighty. He is both, isn't that right? Amen. All right, so for her, he's connecting the dots. For you. For us all. We can see in this outline, and we're, we're, I'm going to read some scriptures here in just a second of the second chapter because the, the story continues, doesn't it? Remember, it's the oldest trick in the book from the devil to get you to think that God has abandoned you when a lot of time he just leaves us on our own like he did Hezekiah just to test your heart. Just to see if you'll trust and follow. <clears throat> if God hides, why would that be? So we'll seek. So we'll search. He wants to know if you really want to find him sometimes. Have you ever noticed that? Hmm? Well, where'd he go? Just a little higher than where you are right now. Just a little further than where you've ever been before. And when you're willing to go there with him, you'll find him. When you search for him with all your heart. When you want it more than, want him more than you want anything else. When you want the healer more than the healing. When you want the provider more than the provision. When you just want to worship him and be a witness for him more than all the wealth in the world. You'll have him and all that too. Amen. Well, we could say this about Ruth. That one day she got up to uh, her one day. Just like in our lives that one day would have an effect on every day after that one day. Awful quiet in this house today. That's good. She encountered Boaz, and Boaz we see in the Bible was, now she didn't know that. She had... She didn't know him, see. But he was a kinsman redeemer. It's a picture of Jesus as our redeemer. It was an exceptional encounter of the God kind. Have you ever had an encounter with God that you could look back and you say, boy, except God. Where would I be? What would have happened? Except God. Oh, she had an encounter of the exceptional kind. She didn't really know that. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. I've been seeing pictures of you on Facebook, little one. Amen. Got your little ears decorated. Yeah. <clears throat> We could call this that she had a date with destiny. You know, we all have a date with destiny. And this first date, one day a girl walked into a man's life. But also a man walked into a girl's life. This thing happened, this one thing that happened something that changed everything for both of them. And I'll tell you, when you know the rest of the story, it changed everything for all of us. See, their story is part of our story. It's part of your story. As one day, through their family tree, this Boaz and Ruth 
having their first date with destiny, were fulfilling God's purpose. And it was his plan that one day through their family tree would come Jesus. And this Jesus, he walks into our lives, doesn't he? I believe he's walking into our lives today. I, you know, think about, I don't really want to ever go back to having days that not living in the reality of walking with Jesus. And I believe that it doesn't take a long time. It just doesn't have to take a lifetime to learn how to walk with Jesus. It just takes a decision out of a desire and to go in a direction. And to do life with Jesus. And to treat him like he's real. Because he is. Treat him like he's right there. Because he wants to be. And will be. If you want him to be. <clears throat> I'm not. You know. We're, we're not talking about. We're going to see down here her view uh, of herself. You know, um, let's read here. It says that he asked about her and he was told about her. You know, this falls to us who already know him. He asked us about the people for our life, of our life, that he intersects our life with. Uh, he asks about them, doesn't he? You know, what about them? You think they have a relationship with me? How many of you know some people you've encountered in your just God directing you through desire and a decision going in a direction that you've encountered some folks that you could maybe definitely say, I'm not so sure. But they should. I know you want them to, Lord. Even if they don't want to. Do you remember in your life that, you know, Jesus walked into your life and you really weren't so sure whether you wanted him in your life or not? I remember the first time Jesus was really presented to me clearly and plainly. A boy at work, we were both just young men. He was maybe 19. I was in my 20s, early 20s. And uh, he outright asked me, um, you know, are you are you born again? I, I don't know what that is. You know, my Bible is the Mother Earth News. And in the back they have personal ads that says born again Christian wants another born again Christian. Aquarius wants, a, you know, uh, uh, Leo. You know, I said, I, I, I'm an Aquarius myself. If that counts for anything. <laughs> It's all the same to me. Born again. He told me what born again was. I said, oh no. I can assure you, I am not that. <laughs> He's like, do you want to be? Oh no. <laughs> no. I'm pretty happy being in the Aquarius. Reading my horror scope. Are you listening? <laughs> my daily devotional. <laughs> What's going to happen today? Horror. I see through the scope. Horror is going to happen today for you. Oh, it's going to get good, but don't worry. It'll get worse before it gets better. Moving right along. I'm not making fun. I guess I am in a little way, you know. Uh, not, not to be mean or cruel, but it's like that was where I was. That was where I at. One day Jesus walks into all of our lives, doesn't us? Doesn't he really speaks to us? personally and powerfully. So Jesus had asked about that. I'm glad that, that Jesus had some skin on and came into my life. And I'm sure, you know, Bobby Brown, if you're listening to this, if you ever do get to listen, thank you. Thank you. I wasn't going to church. The church had to come to me. I was happy knowing about God. He's out there somewhere. But boy, when God got right in front of me and asked me pointedly about my life, because he had asked somebody, you know, 
that was living for him, somebody that was Jesus was Lord over, you know, it's kind of like, what about this guy over there spitting skull juices on the ground? Do you think he's born again? I'm sure he probably said, well, let's find out. So he asked me directly, are you born again? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Don't miss Jesus walking into your life. He's easy to miss sometimes. Isn't that right? I just saw a little, you know, uh, yuppie guppy that I didn't like. Ask me them kind of questions, you little tutti-fruit shoes. Bobby, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. I love you, brother. I mean, thank God for you. Amen. I had an exceptional encounter of the God kind. In everyday, ordinary, just another work day for me. You know, don't discount that your ordinary, everyday, work-a-day life, that you can be a worshiper and a witness for God. When you begin to wonder, like this week will be full of wonders for all of us. When you begin to wonder, you'll hear the Lord say, I wonder if they're known me. I wonder if they're born again. I wonder how they're doing. I wonder uh, if they need some help. I wonder if you, should, if, if you should call them. I wonder if they know that I care. God of signs and wonders. Are you listening? That boy's life was a sign in front of me waving, God is real. God is real. God is real. He's more than a myth. He's more than on the page. He's in a life that's being lived out in front of you. This is the love letter I've written you. Here it is. Well, Boaz had... Asked about her, found out about her. We should let Jesus know. We should pray for people. I don't know if you know about them, Lord. (laughs) But they need you. We had some encounters. I won't go into the details this thing. And, and, you know, uh, it it was a wonderful thing. We said, well, I'll tell you what now. uh, We need some more Jesus here. And uh, uh, it was an encounter of the God kind. Now looking at it from a religious side, you wouldn't think so. Oh, but it was. Amen. And we got to say his name. You know, his name is enough. Don't just tell them about, you You know, you tell them about Jesus. Just don't tell them about your church and your programs, all that. Get Jesus. Because that name is above every other name. If nothing else sticks, Jesus will. If nothing else works, that name, when you believe in the power of that name, see, see, then the Holy Spirit begins, well, what about this Jesus that they mentioned? What about this Jesus? Because there is no other name among men by where men may be saved. When you just say Jesus, are you listening? That's worship and that is a powerful, powerful witness. Don't have to... Get religious and all that kind of stuff. Are you listening to me? You know, remember the context of the, they're working in the field. We're working in the field, aren't we? Oh yeah, my field is, I'm in the oil fields. I'm in the building field. I'm in the stock market field. I'm in the, uh, you know, grocery store field. No, honey, you're in the harvest field. You're in Jesus' field. You're in the, you have stumbled into, whether you realize it or not, the part of the field that belongs to Jesus. The earth and the fullness thereof belongs to the Lord. Well, what about the God of this world? What about him? He's a thief and a liar and a murderer and has been taken back from him. And someday, are you listen, the squatter's going to be gone for good. You understand? There's a permanent place for him. But until then, the Bible says, he's, even the demons, there's, there's dry places. They have no place. They've got to find a temporary dwelling place in, in the minds and lives of other folk, of people. Amen? Oh, the whole earth is full of his glory, full of God's glory. 
You wonder how God's going to meet your need? Didn't Paul say this? He said that he's going to meet your need according to his riches and glory. Honey, it ain't all in heaven. He put it in the earth. It's full of his provision. It's full of meeting your every need and your every desire. Help you here just a little bit. How God going to meet my need? Look around. What you got to work with? Because that's what he's going to work. All I got is a little. Well, start working with the little. Start pouring out the little out of it. Do what God tells you to do with the little. Are you hearing? Do what the prophetic word says to you to do with the little. All I have is just a little in all the facing of this great overwhelming need. But God says just start pouring out of what you do have and see what I'm doing. And listen, get your, you know, you <laughs> keep getting bigger buckets. Don't get just a few. Let God be as big as he wants to be and do for you. All right, little side trip there, but anyway, Boaz found out. So uh, he, uh, you know, when we speak to people, when we speak to God about people, God will speak to people. When we pray for people, what are we? Listen, we you, you can never talk to people about God until you first talk to God about those people. That's when it becomes powerful and personal. And you know, a very powerful prayer is this, Jesus, speak to their heart. Speak into their life. You don't have to use me. I don't, there's sometimes, you know, we have to use words, but only if we have to. God is, the earth is full of his glory. So, so, Boaz spoke to Ruth. And remember what he said. He goes, you don't need to go anywhere else. You stay here. And you stay near. And you just make yourself at home. I've got plenty. I want to take care of you. That's the message that he said. And she responded and she said this, how does this happen that you should pick me out and treat me so kindly? Aren't me a foreigner? Aren't you glad that it's the goodness of God, it's the kindness of God that makes people change their mind about God? You know, I've been like Peter so many times. I'm not going to forgive. I won't forgive. I'm not forgiving. And then you start to soften up a little bit because when you get around Jesus, you know, I mean, he's just forgives all. That's what he came to do. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Well, you know, Peter went to Jesus and said, how many times do I have to forgive? Okay, I, I, all right, all right, all right, I'm going to forgive. But there's a limit on forgiveness now. How many times? He goes, Seven. I mean, that's a pretty good number, right? Complete the number of God seven times. And Jesus said 70 times seven. I'm chirping and go, what? 70 times seven? He goes, if you don't do that for others, you can never receive that for yourself because that's, it's unlimited, the forgiveness of God. That he has already forgiven you for. When he forgives all, it was all you've ever done, all you'll ever do. Especially all you're doing. Isn't that right? Oh, now don't get over into sin. I don't have to get over there. You know, I pray a simple prayer. Lord, you know, you're a much better convictor and convincer than me. So speak to them. Isn't that right? Because <laughs> you'd be mad at me. It's hard to get mad at the Lord because he's so kind. You know, when the Lord says, you know that ain't right, it ain't the same as when Sandy says to me, you know that ain't right. You've been bad. What do you mean? When have I been good? I have glimpses of glory. There are a few times that I've been a good boy for about the length of that sentence. <laughs> Are you listening? Thank God, you know, she's never wanted to rehearse the past because God has really worked in her life. 
We don't have a laundry list. We don't never keep a laundry list where that's concerned. You know, but oh my goodness, sometimes the present and the future, isn't that right, John? Amen. It can get rough, isn't that right? <laughs> All the boys said, mm, I know what you're saying, brother. I feel you right now. Amen. Girls, forgive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. No. And he said, I've, I'm taking care of things. You're going to be safe here. You know, you can trust Jesus with your life. The initial response is always to be afraid of God like Adam and Eve when we're in the wrong. We see ourselves in the wrong, as wrong. But aren't you glad God comes to us in the wrong when we actually are wrong and he looks for us when we're hiding from him? Isn't that right? Now he doesn't, you know, he calls us into account. He goes, well, what happened here? You know, but you know what? He took care of that, didn't he? You know, from their standpoint, we're naked. We were ashamed. He goes, well, we're going to start right now. You know, you swap the glory of God for the devil, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to at least put some clothes on because that's fixed stuff, guys, honestly. Yeah, I know you are upset, but man, I'm telling you what now. We need to invent a sewing machine or something here because that just ain't hardly doing very good tall. I know we're getting tickled over that, but have you ever tried to cover up yourself in anything that... (laughs) What that might look like to God? Aren't you glad that you're covered by the blood of Jesus? Aren't you glad at all you're wrong that he covered you with the, with the blood of Jesus and that just reinstated you right back up into that you live when he looks at you? Oh, let me read down a little bit further. I'm, you know, you might honestly be hoeing the same row that I am in the same field. Ain't God good? I know that's not proper English, but in the country, it's okay. Ain't God good? She dropped to her knees and bowed her face to the ground. How does this happen that you should pick me out, treat me so kindly, me a foreigner? I'm going to tell you what, now when you realize God picked you, you didn't pick him, he picked you. Before the foundations of the world, he picked you. I like it when, when you know, uh, in the crowd, there's nobody left out. The Bible says that, He wants all men everywhere to repent, to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. So Jesus just didn't pick this one and that one. He picked you and you and you and you and you. Thank God and me. Isn't that right? Well, I'm telling you what, them folks at my work, I'm thinking about one right now. I know surely God didn't pick them. Oh, they're special. They're the one God picked for you to be there for. A witness. As you worship God, you're a witness to them. Amen. <laughs> oh, my goodness, my goodness. You know, sometimes, you know, I think about maybe I should just go back to work somewhere around here because I miss that. I miss that per- personal interaction with the rough and the tough and the cussing and, the, you know. I mean blasphemous, you know, just heathen dog like I used to be. I used to really be able to relate. Isn't that right? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Are you hearing? Boy, you have such a great platform. His purpose and plan are greater, but he provided a platform. You're out there rubbing elbows, bumping into lives, intersecting with lives that don't know him, and you do. What an opportunity. What a great thing. Amen. What a wonderful thing. Oh, my goodness. Let's read down a little bit further. It says, Boaz answered her. Isn't it funny that God will speak to us and when we, when, we, when we respond to him, no matter how we respond, you know, this is, a, this is she's overwhelmed that he would even speak to her. But you know, God, Jesus will speak to sinners while they're sinners. 
while they're sinning. He did me. How about you? And he wasn't harsh or condemning. He was kind and gracious and treated us. As she goes down, she says, I've, he said, I've heard all about you. Heard about the way you treated your mother-in-law after the death of her husband, how you left your father and mother in the land of your birth and have come to live among a bunch of total strangers. You know, God knows all about us. God knows all about where we've been, what we've done, the good, the bad, all that's in between. God knows all about you, and I'll tell you those people you're with, God knows all about them. And we may not know all about them. All we do is see them like they are. But what got them there? How, how did they get there? Who helped them to get there in the position that they're in? Are you listening? God knows. And he'll only share with the one that cares enough to help them if we want to help them. And you know, in helping them, you're really helping yourself. Oh, Boaz is like, you know, I've been waiting such a long time for a girl like you. I heard about you. Why do you hear about her? He, because he was, he was waiting for someone like her. He's looking for someone like her. And boy, when he saw her, he knew her. Isn't that right? Well, I'll tell you what, at 16 years old, I saw a little 14-year-old girl walk off of the school bus. I said, who is that? And he said, well, that's that bus driver, Mr. Young's daughter. I remember saying out of my mouth, I said, man, I'm going to marry that girl right there. I wasn't even looking at her face. She's walking away from me. Why would somebody at 16 say that? You know, it was destiny. I had a date. One day, a girl walked away out of my life but really she walked into my life stranger things happen in the plans of God I look back now the rest of the story and I thought oh that was an exceptional day encounter of the God kind and we didn't even know God but but had some praying grandmamas had some praying people. Had some folks that laid their hands on you best they knew how. Little Methodist folks, you know. Oh, bless this baby. Bless this baby, God. Let this baby know you. My goodness. And just a little prayer out of some care allows God to share his plans. And perform miracle mercies. In our life. Are you getting anything out of this today? Well, he went down. He said, so he said, God reward you well for what you've done with a generous bonus. Besides, you know, God not only repays, God rewards with a bonus. God repays the seed you've sown. But the bonus besides is God greatly increases that. Oh, he didn't know what kind of a blessing he was speaking over this girl because she would have a baby named Obed and Obed would have a baby named Jesse and Jesse would have a little runt of a boy named David and we know the rest of the story from there. Isn't that true? We see Jesus. <laughs> oh, we see Jesus knowing the rest of the story. Can you see Jesus in this story with Boaz? Just a love story and isn't God a God who is love? Isn't his story the greatest love story that will ever be told? This is going to help you boys having to watch them Hallmark movies. Sometimes I pray, God, what's the purpose of all this Hallmark stuff? And my wife's saying, I'm praying you'll be more romantic. I'm praying you will be romantic. I'm praying you will be romantic. Well, here we are. Your prayers are being answered. I, I'm preaching the greatest love story there. I mean, this, is, this has gripped my heart. This is the best Hallmark movie I ever saw or seen. Are you listening? I keep skipping over to them thinking, Oh, God. Man, oh, man, oh, man. What a story. Oh, this is so much in here. Amen. Anyhow, she says, Oh, sir, such grace, such kindness, I don't deserve it. Jesus, such grace and such kindness, I don't deserve it. I never deserved it. You've touched my heart. You know, Jesus 
touches our heart because he treats us. She says, you treat me like one of your own and I don't even belong here. So how a lot of people feel about church, don't they? About organized religion, don't they? About this God thing. I don't belong here. That doesn't fit me. See? But Jesus treats us like we do. Why? Because we do. Father, forgive them. I'm in them. He looked down through the, uh, before the foundation of the world, and I believe the vision before him, the way that he looks at you, picked you out among so many, treats you with such kindness and such grace, simply says, you belong. You belong to God. He meant you when he made you. You don't belong to the devil. Now make the decision. Agree with me. Accept the forgiveness. Take the redemption. Let me restore you into right relationship with God. It's just a decision. It's not a performance. It's not a ritual. It's not a regiment. It's a real relationship that just simply says, God, I, I, I acknowledge you want me, so I want you too. I want you. When I found out that you wanted me. Well, it goes on, it says, at lunch break, Boaz said to her, come over here, eat some bread, dip it in the wine. Oh, we could preach on that for a while, the bread and the wine offered to a stranger. Oh, my goodness. So it says, uh, she joined the harvesters. Boaz passed the roasted grain to her, and she ate her fill and even had some left over. When she got to go back to work, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, finish up with this. Uh, you know, Jesus treats us like one of his own. He helps us. You know, life isn't supposed to be so hard, is it? That's hard to accept when life has been hard and harsh, and all you're used to is... The struggle and hurting. But life isn't supposed to be so hard. How do you know that? Well, here I see Jesus in Boaz. He says, er, he ordered his servants. He says, let her glean where there's still plenty of grain on the ground. Make it easy for her. Better yet. Everybody say better yet. I tell you, God's plan for you is better yet. He doesn't just intend to make it easy for you. And in fact, He did. Jesus made it easy for us to come to God. It's not hard to come to God. It's not hard to get right and be right with God. Jesus made it easy for us. Jesus came for us before we even had a thought of him. Religion makes it hard and sharp and pressing. But his yoke is easy and light and not burdensome at all. He said, now take that. Hook up with me. Yoke up with me. Let's do life together. I know the load's too heavy for you, but it's not too hard for me. Have you ever looked at stuff and said, Lord, it's too big for me? But the Lord says, it's not too big for me. It may be too hard for you, but it's not too hard for God. So do it together with him. Jesus made it easy for us. And listen to this. He said this. He goes, better yet, pull some of the good stuff out. Or I believe God's about to pull some good stuff out. You have your own measurement of what good is, how good God is. And every one of us could say, God's been good to me. He was good to me when I was very bad. <laughs> but he was good to me anyway. I received miracle mercy anyway. 
when I didn't deserve it. I got it anyway. Oh, I'm getting a little bit happy. You could tell when I raised my voice. The only other time I raised my voice, sometimes I have to tell Sandy, calm down. And I can't use my still small voice because she's raised her voice. She gets excited. She's, a, she's just a thoroughbred. I'm the workhorse. Sometimes the workhorse pulling the load with the thoroughbred, it's like, you know, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh no, oh no, oh no. I go, calm down. I can't hear anything. <laughs> Amen. It's a good thing though, isn't it? It isn't a bad thing. Are you listening? God will give you what you need. I have a perfect partner. Perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. I tried. I let Jesus do all that. And you do too. It's a lot better, isn't it? When Jesus helps us. Yes, it is. But boy, I'm going to tell you what, lady, aren't you like fine wine? You just get better and better and better yet. Is it better yet is yet to come, isn't it, baby? Amen. We're just in the middle. We're middle-aged. We haven't even hit our stride at 80. We're going to be more fruitful in our latter years. Somebody needs to hear this. You will be more fruitful in your latter years than you were all the years before. Do not trip over the stumbling block of a world's time frame and the world's false measurement of you. Read the Bible. And we have a better covenant than that. In the old covenant, you know, they lived 120, 110, 137 years. Are you listening? God intended to give you Psalms 91. I love that he put a period, a dot, an exclamation point. Are you listening? In answer to all the question marks, he said, with long life, I'm going to satisfy you and give you, let you drink a full cup of my salvation. You're going to get it all, honey. Just keep drinking. Just keep on. Amen? Just stay with me. I'm going to fulfill every dream, every desire, every hope I ever put in your life. You are not hopeless nor helpless because I have a plan for your life that is beyond where you are right now. If you're hurting, I'm going to heal you. If you're broken and busted and disgusted, I'm going to set you, set you up in business. I'm going to help you. I am going to pour it on you so I can pour it through you. I'm going to make you a blessing by blessing you. Oh, how I'm going to bless you as you're a blessing for me. What a blessing to me, says the Lord. Amen. Oh, make it easy for... Listen, here we are down to the last part. Uh, things are going to get easier because life's not supposed to be so hard. Look at somebody around you and say, life isn't supposed to be this hard. And he's about to make it easier for you. Will it be okay? You know, sometimes it's hard to receive help, ain't it? Sometimes Sandy says, I'm helping you. I go, no, it feels like you're hurting me, honest to God. <laughs> no, I'm helping you. And, and, and that's how it is with the Lord, isn't that right? We are not helpless, we have him. We're not hopeless. Even if we don't know the plans, we can know when we seek him with our whole heart. When we want him and his plan and purpose for our life more than we want our plans or other people's plans. Are you listening? More than all of that, we want God's plan. And I'll tell you, God's plan for your life is greater, greater than you could ever hope or dream as for. God's going to give you people for your life. There will be people in heaven that you you know, they're, on the, they're, in the, they're from the far four corners of the earth, but they're going to indirectly or directly be affected by your life. I remember as a young man, you know, sometimes it takes a while to connect the dots. I've had a question in front of God for a long, long time. I remember as a young man being in uh, uh, our church building, the old church building. It was big, seated a thousand, twelve hundred people down on the boulevard in Montgomery. And I remember we, uh, I remember when we went there, the church we're from told us, you know. Anyway, I won't go into all that. But anyway, I remember being there, and the Lord one one time at the altar, the Lord spoke to me. I knew I can I can show you the spot. I don't think I was at the altar. I was just walking up through the front, and he told me, he "said you will," he said, "you will preach in bigger places than this." I thought he meant buildings. All these years, I thought the building. 
I didn't realize that, you know, that little camera and all that kind of stuff right there and the invention of the internet and social media and stuff like that, you know, the other day it dawned on me. It's kind of like the Lord said, that question came out, Lord goes, you thought it was one thing. But here's what it really is. This is what I meant. Do not underestimate. Don't don't bring our own. Don't measure things by our own. It, the Bible says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. Acknowledge God. You said that. I just I, you can wonder." How do I get from this dot? You connect all of these other dots, and then all of a sudden it's like, there's the picture. I see it now. I'm believing the same for you. Are you listening? You don't know through these encounters of the God kind, these decisions, these desires, these decisions, these directions. These destinations in your life, all the dots that add up to a destiny. That adds up to even, if the Lord tears generations from now, what God will do with those lives, through those lives, for His glory. Better yet. Pull out some of the good stuff. God is about to pull up some of his measurement of good stuff. The Lord asked me this morning, he goes, one translation says handfuls on purpose. Well, whose hand? Whose harvest? Who, who are called the harvesters that he gave orders for? The angels of God. Jesus said this. In the end days, he goes to send out the harvesters, which are the interpretation of his own mouth, the angels of God, to bring in the harvest. Whose hand? Jesus is Lord of all of my harvest. Jesus is Lord of all of your harvest. He's given orders around your life. You're about to enter a better yet and some of the good stuff. From God's perspective, the good stuff. Amen. You're about to see, I don't get tired of telling you this, you're about to see his heart by his hand. What he's been telling you, he's about to show you. I heard it by good authority. I've heard it more than one time. I've heard it a lot of times. I'm going to show you my heart by my hand. What's Boaz doing? Showing his heart Boaz walks into the field like Bruce is riding on the school bus. Who's that girl? I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> oh, my. And, you know, who does stuff like that? Well, you know, 40 some odd years later. How long have we been married? 44. 44. That was, I was 46 years then. In the fall when I saw you. September, I think. Somewhere's in September. So we're coming. We got married in September too, right? Amen. September's a good month. Harvest month. Harvest, harvest, harvest month. Amen. All right. He said this, give her special treatment. Will it be okay if the Lord gives you special treatment? Why would he give you special treatment? Because you're special. He picked you out. He's picked you out. One translation says, you know, uh, show her favor. Jesus came preaching the acceptable or the favored year or the year of the Lord's favor. Everybody say favor. The blessing brings favor. Favor brings good success and good success is attractive in that. It attracts us to him, but it also attracts other people to him. The favor of God. Can you accept these things? If you have ears to hear it, can you hear this today? Can th- does this witness in your heart, these things? Now, all along the way, God's been throwing down a bunch of handfuls on purpose in front of you of the good stuff. Miracle, mercy, kindness, grace, hope, help, purpose, plans. Destiny. 
Jesus made it easy for us. He gives us special treatment. You know, he came for us, didn't he? Why did Jesus come? For us. He didn't have to. The Bible says he wanted to. He volunteered voluntarily to. Why did he do that? Because he believed that you are special. He picked you out. Why? Because God picked you out. And you're special to God. And he just simply wants you to know that. And believe it before you can receive it. Just believe it. And realize that you're about to receive that. God has this special way of placing His will, His way, His kingdom, His glory right in front of us. Amen. And He gives us special attention uh, to get our attention. Jesus came for us. He comes to us to save us. I want to pray a simple prayer. This may be your first time, may be another time, but you know, the most important time. This was the first date with destiny for this girl Ruth and this guy Boaz. You know, it may be your, maybe that God is intersecting your life today. You're having an encounter today. Whenever you're hearing this, you here in the house and those that are out uh, there in that greater place the only God knows and only God can uh, bring about but God has a way doesn't he of intersecting lives of colliding dreams of causing destiny in his great design for mankind for you and I so today we're going to pray a simple prayer and this one prayer this one thing could change everything in your life and I can guarantee you that it will. It did for me. It did for so many that are in here. There may be somebody in here that it will for you today. Don't assume just because we, you know, show up in the building that we need to be in relationship with God. Because God does not desire you to know any more about Him. He wants you to know Him. He wants to be personal. He wants to be powerful by being present in your life. You know, I used to think that I used to couldn't wait to come to church because of the specialness of God's treatment of us and the presence of God. That I and and I don't. I don't want to degrade that in any way. There's something very special about when the family gets together. But I can I can hardly comprehend the measure of the presence of God that I'm in, encountering and trying to learn to enjoy in my everyday walkabout, workaday, Eating and sleeping. Life that I've laid before him as an offering. What's the offer? You lead, I'll follow. Let's do life together. If you're ready to pray that prayer, let's do that. Why do it alone? You don't have to go it alone anymore. Jesus is walking into your life today. He wants you to stay here with him. He wants you to stay close. He wants to be good and kind and gracious. He wants to make it easy for you and give you special treatment. Boy, there's nothing more special than being born again. And giving your heart to the Lord, realizing He's you already have. You're in His heart. He's given His heart to you. Shown you by His hand and His plan. He gave us the man, Jesus, who, thank God, walked into our life. Then, but he wants to walk into your life right now today. And the only way he could do that is if he is alive. That God raised him from the dead. Let's pray this simple prayer. Jesus, I believe. I believe you. That you died on a cross. Were buried in a tomb. But that God raised you from the dead. 
I acknowledge you today as walking into my life. I know you want to be part of my life. And I want you to be part of my life. The biggest part. The greatest part. And I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you all that I am. All my tomorrows. I'll follow you. So save me, Jesus. Do what you do. I accept your forgiveness. And I accept this new life. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, congratulations. We don't. That's not just a perfunctory term where this is the end and we say the same thing. I really mean that. I mean, welcome to the family. You made the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. And this is the one thing that will change. Everything as you're about to discover because the Lord's going to give you special treatment because you're so special for him. Life doesn't have to be so hard and it's not going to be so hard from now on. Not life together with him. So until the next time and we'll be here, Lord willing. Uh, If we're uh, not here, it just means we're raptured. If you come, carry on. Now I hope you'll come with. I hope you'll come with us. Amen. And and you know we're going to leave all this stuff for people to discover what happened. Oh, won't that be the greatest searching and and seeking out of the Lord? What happened to all those people? Well, I'll tell you what. Now, uh, I'll tell you what what happened. Uh, all them, all them, all them. Uh, uh, episodes of Star Trek, it done come true. Aliens done kidnapped all them folk. You think I'm telling you, haven't you heard in the news of UFOs? There's UFOs out there. Unidentified flying objects. Absolutely. There's angels everywhere. Amen. Chasing demons everywhere. <laughs> Are you listening? Is that your explanation? Well, go find out for yourself. Amen. Come and see. All right, till the until the next time. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.